Welcome back to The Drop-In. I'm Tanya. And I'm Agatha. And today we're talking about the identity of a yoga teacher. So let's drop in. Mm. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Um, This kind of, I guess, theme or idea dropped in while I was interviewing Tanya in one of our last episodes. And I kind of hung on to it because I felt like it was quite rich in what we can discuss here. So yeah, we we were kind of talking before we hit record and just feels like there's a lot that we can dive into um, and explore what our different stories have been in teaching yoga and what it means for our own identity um, and perhaps maybe inspires you on your own journey. Um, yeah, let's let's dive into the juiciness of the topic. Yeah, I think it'd be really nice to start on the body piece and the stereotypical kind of lens that I think to start like when we're from the outside looking in, we can create projections and judgments and assumptions about certain like fields or, you know, practices or things. And it's so interesting to be on that side and then be from the inside looking out and then notice the kind of um, paradox between those two or the, the, the opposition and um, how it's not that they're, they're wrong, but how our views and perspectives can be warped when we're not in it, when we don't yeah. know it in our body and when we're just looking at kind of the media around us and it's, it's kind of portrayal of something. And I think that's where then the, we get this stereotype of um, especially like the physical yoga practice and what a physical yoga teacher is and what the, what the expectations are of a yogi and a yoga teacher um, on a very like kind of material level. Um, and I know you wanted to dive into this a bit more. Yeah. I think it's like probably was one of the main deterrents I would say mm. into even doing my yoga teacher training without me really knowing that it was. Um, And obviously I ended up doing my yoga teacher training at the right time when I needed to do it. Um, But I think before that I had been practicing yoga, I don't know, say four or five years pretty consistently. And I had a strong yoga practice, Um, but there was still not enough trust within myself to say I can actually step up and then become the teacher and so there's like a a, and I think part of that wasn't so much where I was practicing because I really love and still enjoy practicing there Um, it was more just this outside periphery noise of what a yoga teacher looks like Mm. Um, and you know maybe I didn't fit the standard or the mold of that um and to be honest I don't think I do fit the mold of that but I also kind of had this moment where I was like oh well there are plenty of people out there who might need what I have to offer um and maybe I just need to be like the person like if I want to see the change then I have to be the person to do it Um, and be the, not that I was the first pioneer in bigger body yoga, but um, I think I just wasn't exposed to it as much. 
Um, and yeah. so, yeah, it was just it's interesting a- you say that because my first yoga teacher I ever had was in a larger body. And it's yeah. so interesting. And I adored her. She was fucking amazing. <laughs> um, but that was just that was just my first. I got introduced to it kind of in my dance training by like the dance teacher. But my first yoga yoga teacher. Yeah. She was in a larger body and I was like, yeah, like it didn't even it just went straight. Yeah, over the top it does, of my head. like as yeah. a student, it probably doesn't even phase you, but it's like mm. our own internal dialogue that we carry um, mm. around our bodies as well. And so I think I just like it's interesting, like I, I reflect back on it now and I I kind of think it's like the perfect place for me to have ended up. Like I think of what my dad does and what my mum um studied my mom studied philosophy my dad's a physio and I kind Mm. of feel like it's this like meeting of worlds that's so (laughs) Um, funny yeah and obviously when you're like 18 and you're not gonna decide to pick that up just I think it's always like it seems to always be this like second wind that people kind of find themselves in in my experience at least um it's not usually the first profession that people have or if it is yoga teachers yeah yeah Yeah. totally yeah at least I've found that there are a few people who are the exception of course um but yeah Yeah, I've found that it is this kind of path that finds you along the way um whether it be through your own practice or you know you feel called to a bigger change in life um but yeah the body standards piece is Maybe the first one that was my my main deterrent in becoming a yoga teacher, but I've since kind of developed a deeper um, appreciation for my courage or my own um, my own voice. I would say. I'd say teacher. as well the practice as well is designed there for us to help unpack all these, build awareness yes, around all definitely. these things that are there already and support us. And I do find that. When I'm teaching, I, I almost learn what I'm guiding people through as well at the same time. It's like a it's a two for one. <laughs> yeah. It's like I as I guide it, I also integrate it and um into myself. And I'm like, oh yeah. sometimes I don't know, sometimes those things that you I find what we teach we need to know as well. We teach what we need. Mm, um, and we teach yeah. what we're learning and trying to grapple with or understand in ourselves too. Yeah, definitely. I think it's like it's interesting because and we've said this before, like in our own like offline conversations around how sometimes you say something and you're like, wow, I really needed to hear that myself. Like Mm. the things that kind of just like channel through you as you're teaching. Um, So, yeah, I think definitely um, that sentiment of like needing to teach also what you need to learn is really um a huge piece of being a yoga teacher. And I also want to elaborate on this piece as well when it comes to like injury or fatigue or chronic illness or disability. Like these are all, um, or, you know, body shape, body size, age. These are all things that can feel like, oh, that's not the, that's not the right identity for a yoga teacher if it's not like the stereotypically portrayed mm-hmm. image. And I just like yoga is for every single body. I feel like yeah. like anyone can practice the yoga teachings, like can practice yoga and it's just finding your way into it and making it work for you. And sometimes that means that going to a local studios group vinyasa or ashtanga class is not suitable for you, but there is 
50 other ways that yoga can is can be accessed and yeah I feel like the mainstream media image of it um does a disservice to yoga in general because people don't know that they think there's only one way and they're like oh I couldn't possibly do that because if we think about it the first thing anyone ever says is I can't touch my toes I can't do yoga I was just I was just thinking you need to be able to do you know (laughs) I was just thinking that I went to like a doctor's appointment the other day and they were like oh what do you do I'm like oh I teach yoga and then literally the person was like oh I can't touch my toes like I'm not flexible enough and I was like there are ways in other yeah. than touching your toes like um and yeah I just think that the the perception is you need to be this flexible um person in order to bendy person in mm-hmm. order to do yoga but um, I think that's also where um, my passion for like the trauma informed side of things has really like been such a a, a gift because um, and also just teaching like different bodies um, as you start teaching different, you know, everyone has a different body. We're all in different bodies and you just see like the limitations or the accessibility of certain shapes in different bodies Um, And that in itself is such a big teacher, Um, gives you so many cues. And uh, I I love seeing the difference in shapes. It's it's quite beautiful to also see that people honour what they need. And I think that also comes with having the right language as a teacher to offer Mm. that to your students. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely grappled with my own demons around not being able to do certain shapes due to like injury. And some of them kind of chronic back pain, some of them kind of, you know, certain injuries in my body that have then had a couple of year repercussion or a long-term effect on me. And this sense of like not feeling good enough or Mm. like worthy enough to have the title of yoga teacher if I can't do a full wheel, you know, I'm like, how can I call myself this if I'm not even doing a friggin' I don't know, bow pose, you know, or camel (laughs) pose, or if I'm not doing headstand because, you know, too much strain on the back, whatever, et cetera. And then I found that it's really contained me because then I developed this fear of judgment that people are going to, that students that I teach that then might practice alongside me, if I go to practice at the studios I teach, will then judge me. This is all like in my head for (laughs) not being good enough. And they'd be like, oh, she teaches that, but she's not even doing it for herself. Oh, she's not flexible enough. Like, oh, and you know, like to be, but then I think it's also quite nice for people sometimes to see, oh, she's, her hips aren't jelly. That might be quite nice to see in a yoga teacher for once in your life. (laughs) And also like the point of being in yoga practice is to be with your practice as well. Right. Um. And this, it teaches you this, like, this moment of comparison um, that we we often put ourselves in, even outside of our yoga practice. Um, And I can so relate to all of that you just said around, like, what if I can't do wheel or handstand? And I can speak for myself that I have never done any of those shapes successfully either. And I still have a yoga practice and I am still a yoga teacher. Um, And that's taken a while to embrace in itself just because I, yes, similar to you, what 
what am I if I can't do the full spectrum of all the shapes? Um, I'm just human is the answer. Yeah. And the, the study of yoga takes us into the shapes are just the exterior for us to be in the internal, to be focusing yeah. on, oh, when I put my body in this shape, can I find a sense of ease? And mm. can I feel how my breath is maybe moving differently when I'm in this shape? And then now I'm going to go in a different shape. And how can I find a way of breathing easily here in this shape? And like, that's all we really need to be doing. <laughs> and it's literally like asana is the first limb. It's like mm. the entry point, right? Yep. To, to the, I guess, like the limbs of yoga that, that follow. Um, and yeah, I just think like we we limit ourselves sometimes with this perspective of yoga simply being the shape. Um, and I think that's maybe a, a disconnect in, from being student to teacher and when, when you kind of have that moment of like, oh, yoga is so much more mm. than the shape itself, then you allow yourself to explore what it is that actually calls your name yeah. To, and what is your style of teaching because we yeah. all have something to offer as a teacher even if we can't do headstand <laughs> absolutely um and I also I think I want to shift gears now a little into this sense of like there are so many avenues to teaching and like there's so many different ways teaching can look like it doesn't yeah. always need to look like teaching in studios um, a certain style of class like the possibilities are endless and I think it's really important that we do utilize and harness our creativity and find new ways of expressing this um, technology this spiritual science this art form whatever you want to call it into the world in our own way instead of just doing it the cookie cutter way that everyone else has done it before us like mm. the possibility is endless if we utilize that creativity and think how could this maybe I desire to open a yoga studio maybe I desire to teach classes in a studio but maybe I don't desire that and when I don't desire that what are the other ways this can look and like yeah how how can we then you know yeah. claim that for ourselves yeah absolutely and I think and feel that, just as worthy yeah I think it's like massive and I think that's also something that maybe um was a big part of me not embracing the teacher title even after I had done my teacher training like I didn't really even though I was teaching like I wasn't telling people I was a yoga teacher mm. um and I think the main reason for that was because I was just teaching online or teaching out of my home, um, which are all very valid ways of mm. teaching. Yeah. Um, but over time, I've kind of learned to embrace that, yeah, these are very valid ways of teaching and I continue to develop myself as a teacher just by having bodies that move in a room that I can help find their own path and their own breath and their own whatever um and with that has also come like opportunity to teach in like a domestic violence setting um in an office you know um something I probably wouldn't have thought about when I was doing my teacher training um but that lights me up as well as the students so yeah there's just so many avenues and I think 
one way doesn't have to be the only way just because it's the way that might be most depicted. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's so interesting because you're like claiming that title for yourself. You're like, I was just teaching online. And it was similar to me. It's like claiming that title of yoga teacher was similar to me as claiming the title of entrepreneur. And Mm. I was doing everything that an entrepreneur does, but I felt like unworthy to use that title for who I was. Yeah. And it's so interesting how we create these stories in our head around that and then have to kind of yeah. navigate and like dig through the yeah. dirt a bit and be like, just all right. Because, <laughs> just because I wasn't teaching, you know, 10 studio classes in the middle of the city didn't mean that I wasn't a yoga teacher. Um, yeah. And I think this is kind of the point that you also made um, in our previous episode where you were like, oh, I gave up my studio classes and I realized I was still a yoga teacher. And mm. so even though when you're not teaching, you are still, you can still own the title of teacher um, mm. because I think yoga goes beyond the mat as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that realization is amazing. I also think as well, it's so interesting when I was just teaching mostly relaxation, um, so restorative yoga. So just Shavasana, like you're still a yoga teacher if you just teach Shavasana. Like that yeah. is so powerful. You're still a yoga teacher if you teach people how to do like equal breathing, like Samavritti Pranayama, yeah? Like teaching yeah. people to inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for Like, mate, that's you're doing it. Teaching people how to observe their behaviors and their actions and their impact on themselves in the world you're teaching yoga you know Mm -hmm. holding a women's circle and guiding a meditation you're teaching yoga you know so yeah yeah. um and like doesn't even feel it chaturangas (laughs) for me yoga is that definition of union with self and so if you think about it in that way you know all those things that you just said are exactly that Mm. Um, and so if you place it under that lens, it just broadens the possibilities and it broadens, you know, the creative avenues of being a yoga teacher. Um, and I think that is something so important to discuss because very often, as you said, we, we have these certain standards that we set for ourselves of what we need to be or achieve in order to, gain this title or be good enough to execute and How sure there training, are you know yeah. do I need to do until I can teach again or lead a group of teachers or create my own training or course you know yeah, yeah. for sure um oh, I had something I wanted to say there but it's gone now I'm sorry. um no no all good um it will come back to me <laughs> um you were talking on creativity. Yeah, yeah. That's the that was the next thread I wanted to pull because we kind of touched on that um previously pre- prior to recording, we kind of spoke about how also yoga is such a creative endeavor. Um whether it be through your lesson plan or the medium that you find yourself teaching on. I find it to be a really rewarding creative outlet that I never thought it would be. Mm. And you get this almost instant feedback. It's not like, um, I mean, I've previously worked in other create, 
quote unquote creative industries um, like advertising where you sit with a project for potentially, you know, a month and then you get feedback in two weeks or whatever it is. And um, it's not this kind of symbiotic relationship of creativity whereas when you're teaching you get almost instant feedback from bodies in the room and you see your creativity in action on the mat Mm. Um, and it's a beautiful thing to witness because you not only see it based on maybe what you've planned but also like what instantly comes to you from seeing how others are moving it guides you into another shape or another direction or another thought. Um, So, yeah, I'm sure you have much to say about this as well. It's interesting because the way you were just speaking then, it actually takes me back to my art studies and this this state of flow by um, Mm. Csikszentmihalyi, the um, Czech creative. Um, And it's this understanding of the, you know, this state of flow that they talk about in the artist, artistic world all the Mm -hmm. time. Like, and that state of flow is deep presence. Like that's what it is. It's like being in such a state of flow that everything else strips away. And this is ultimately like, if we go into that state of flow while teaching, we're going into that state of deep presence of real time, like present being in the moment. And so then of course we are responding to the energy in the room and, um, seeing our creativity in action um, in a really responsive way, which I think is really cool. Whereas when I'm less present and I'm not fully in the room and I I find it when I haven't dropped into that state of flow, I feel like my creativity is a bit more clunky. It feels just a Mm. bit more monotonous or I don't feel as in it. Um, Yeah, it feels a bit more like you have to effort through the class. Effort, yeah, effort through the class. Yeah, definitely. So that's quite interesting um, observation too. And I do, the other thing I wanted to say is like for me, I think as well you find everyone expresses their creativity creativity differently. And for me, what I learned fed me was just showing up to classes with no plan or a very loose scaffold sometimes depending on what I was doing and just seeing what evolved by reading the energy of the room and just Mm. like, see feeling the inspiration of the stimulus of where I went and that intuitive style of teaching has always felt very exciting and rewarding and fulfilling for me in that creative way um yeah but then sometimes as well it is nice to kind of scaffold and create something but generally speaking I learned that after you know building the foundation of my teaching practice over the first couple years that that's kind of how I um like to feel yeah I can I can definitely um, I feel like I'm at the point maybe in the last six months um, where I don't feel the pressure to prepare as much as I used to. Mm. Um, I might just have like, well, I'll hear something in a podcast or read something in a book and be like, oh, that's interesting. I kind of want to pull that thread Mm. through my class and just see where it takes me. Um, and I'll still always have like a vague idea of where I want to go, but sometimes it becomes completely different based on who shows up. Um, and that's really cool to see and also to notice within myself, the, the growth as a teacher, um, the need to not, I don't know, be held so much by a notebook yeah exactly yeah exactly um Um, and how the energy of the room 
informs our teaching and can take us in new directions if we just trust it you know definitely yeah 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 Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting as well just on that creativity point um you know we've obviously collaborated together as well Mm -hmm. um and just like the the entrepreneur creative side of yoga um I think is kind of interesting just to touch on um and I think makes up, at least for me, part of my identity as a yoga teacher um, and just these ideas of containers that you can create. Um, so whether it be, you know, like you you had your rest containers or, um, you know, a circle or whatever it is, it's just like such a beautiful place to dream up when it comes mm. to you. Um, and I think these are these little moments of divine spirit um creative uh inspiration that that really guide us into our own identity as well yeah and also like the the um marketing and selling side of it like the way your copy and your language is um you know your art as well and the way you you know, create the branding or the imagery for certain containers or offerings and just the possibility. Like, I think a lot of people, when I say yoga teacher and entrepreneur, they don't quite understand it. And I'm like, you can literally do whatever you want. Like there is so much possibility. It can be mentorship. It can be one-on-one. It can be group. It can be retreat. It can be a online. It can be in person. It can be a series or a season or a term or a one-off or a day retreat or a weekend retreat or overseas retreat. Like I just like. <laughs> blah, 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 the possibilities like, are endless. <laughs> trainings. Like, yeah, it just there's so many and I think also just like as you listed all those things out I was like oh I'm exhausted um you don't have to do it all like you can just do one thing really well yeah that's enough like I think that's also something that maybe I got like a bit um caught up in I would say I'd be like Mm. oh I have to do it all um Mm. and that's a very me thing um And so, like, when I started to do more restorative yoga, I realized, oh, no, I don't have to do it all. I can just, like, strip it all away and just, Mm. as you said, teach, like, a a body scan or teach, you know, (laughs) um, four and four or, well, you know, just really the simple things for me were actually more valuable um, in what I taught. And it's not to say that it's going to land with everyone, but it's landed with the students I've met on my path. Yeah. And I think it's really nice to say as well that like what your practice looks like doesn't need to look like the practice that you lead and guide and teach as well. Yeah, Like for me, there was a long time where I was teaching a lot of um, young classes. So be it Hatha or Vinyasa or a slow flow or, you know, something of that world, but I wasn't practicing that sort of stuff at all. Um, I was doing only restorative and yin and it's like your practice feeds you so that you are fed Mm. to then guide others um, as well. And just, it's funny, I've learned my limits with certain styles that I'm like, oh, I like teaching that to a point and then the cup is empty, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. So it's just Um, like, it's okay for your practice to look different to what you teach. Um, Yeah, I agree with that. Um, And I think, 
something that I also wanted to quickly touch on is like how your own style might change as you discover new parts of the practice as well mm. and you might discover something or um, an area of yoga that really like you didn't have any clue about you know when you first did your yoga teacher training and then all of a sudden it becomes like apparent that that's the thing and um, I think that's a very human thing that our style will change our desires will change our also the needs that we have as humans will change Um, Mm. so depending what is also going on in your own life I think it does affect how you then um, teach and what you bring to the table. Um, like my example at the moment is, you know, obviously, as I shared last episode, I'm pregnant and five months in, I've just realized I need to slow it down um, more than I thought. Mm. And what that looks like for me now is my weekly term is now just all yin. And I'm okay with that and my students are okay with it and those who aren't, it's okay as well. Mm. Um, and so there's a there's a give and there's a take and with my body changing, my needs are also changing and that need might be physical in my case, but it could also be a financial need that calls you or, um, yeah, just like a spiritual need or like a, a need to kind of do something more greater Um, and I think that is where your identity as a yoga teacher also kind of moves with you it's not a fixed thing yeah it's changing evolving yeah yeah and I think as well like I'm just thinking of a friend of mine who's a yoga teacher and um, how bhakti yoga just jumped into her life at some point and then mantra and chanting and using the singing with the harmonium became her main practice and her main focus where before it was more of a flow style practice. So it's just Mm. interesting to notice that when you're just seeking more or wanting to explore more or wanting some sort of freshness, richness, using her voice and sharing mantra, I think more for herself, but then eventually to her students became her thing. And it's like these things come in in that way. So I think that's a really nice example of that. Yeah. That's really nice. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's it's just important to note that, like, um, as yoga teachers, we, we still remain human beings as well. So, like, that's kind of the point I was also trying to make there. Like, we are still evolving. We're still changing. We're still growing with our practice. And I think often there's this maybe layer of belief that we've got it all figured out. As like a pedestal. Teachers. Yeah, and I don't think that is the case at all. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and maybe ever. Um, <laughs> you know, um, we can deliver words of wisdom, but it's kind of the, the you know, not always being able to follow our own words of wisdom, but also just like this feeling of like, oh, I am human. I have like made mistakes. I do... I don't need to be this perfect thing that is sometimes perceived to be as a yoga teacher. Really put together and (laughs) calm and grounded. Yeah. Um, And, and, oh, it went, what was I going to say? 
I think if a teacher on the flip of this, if a teacher makes you feel like they should be on a pedestal, that's also cause for reflection on how they're delivering the yoga practice. Um, I feel like it should definitely be in a more side by side mm. manner yeah. or a more us together definitely. manner. And like, I'm exploring this. How about you explore that? See how it feels more than like, here, what, here's what we're doing. Do it. Do it. You know, yeah. this is what I've learned. I'm amazing. You haven't done that yet. <laughs> you know, I yeah. just, I think it's really important. Like, do we put people in a pedestal ourselves or are they putting themselves there? And if that's the case, like they're, they're mm. I'd be questioning the integrity there sometimes. Yeah. Um, of, Cause I, that's then when we get into that sense of guru um, yes. In an unhealthy sense, because guru is remover of darkness. So it's just someone kind of helping you facilitate that removal of your darkness through the practices, through guiding you through the practices so you can do it for yourself, you know, yeah. as opposed yeah. to being someone that is help, like helping or doing it for you. It's a fine yeah, line. It, there's like no ego in an actual guru. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, and I think, yeah. It, yeah. I think sometimes um, there have been instances uh, where there are just situations that there is that dominance over rather than with. Dominance, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, and I think as well we're all human and it just brings up the the duality of the human emotion scale and, like, we can just then compassionately be like, okay, that's one side of the humanness and we all experience it. You know, mm. no matter who we are, oh, I've put that person up there, like they're some enlightened being. Oh no, they're going through the human emotion experience too. Like they are just human too. And I yeah. think just to further your point where you were saying, like this sense of like, we are just human, we're not like, and do we feel like we have to put on a show of being this put together human? I think I really got to catch myself when I yoga teaching is not a performance. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think we really got to catch ourselves as teachers when we fall into that and try and put on a front and try and there's not a performance that we're guiding, you know. Um, and re realness and honesty um, is always received and felt. I think. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, mm. And just sharing those human elements of yourself. I mean, that's my style of teaching. Every now and mm. again, I'll I'll throw in a joke or, um, you know, um, add in an anecdote about myself and my own practice. And I think it just softens the mood and gives levity to the fact that we're just moving our bodies. We're not, you know, uh, I don't know, doing brain surgery here where we're simply yeah. just, you know, breathing moving and experiencing ourselves which um yeah to me is like the main thing um so yeah I don't know that's my style and I think everyone finds their own voice and um flavor of what um authentic teaching looks like to them um but yeah I don't know there's there's so much to kind of explore here around mm -hmm. identity in itself and I think so much of the identity of a yoga teacher is also our own identity as individuals mm. um and so how that kind of marries up as yeah this profession of 
teaching philosophy and movement and um yeah stillness and breath and presence is it's a true gift I think and it can feel quite overwhelming sometimes to be like oh my god who am I to who am I to share these rich potent ancient Mm. teachings you know like but I remind myself like they've you know if you're authentic if you're real if you're humble and if you know just a little bit more than the person that you're guiding you're equipped you know yeah and even if you don't know more you might know a different avenue in yeah yeah to the same thing and that in itself is a gift like you know I've I've taught to teachers and teachers have taught to me and you know I'm like oh I didn't know that that was a an option or Mm. I didn't know that that was a a way I could explore that shape and so you're always kind of picking up these little gifts along the way um and I think that's enough if you just get like one little light or gift in a class um even as a teacher to another teacher that's enough (laughs) I love going to classes um I'm all, you know, you're always inspired when any, anytime I go to a yoga class, I'm always like, oh, I should go to other teachers classes more often. Cause I'm always mm. really inspired. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a cool thing. And then, you know, weave it in, um, yeah. in your own way. Awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, Definitely. I feel like, yeah, that authenticity piece, finding your voice, doing it the way you want to do it can feel really scary, especially when you're taught a certain way and structure and then, um, uh untangling yourself from that the system maybe that was layered over you in your teaching training can be an interesting journey as well but um one yeah, that I've enjoyed um, doing <laughs> I kind of think about my teachers and I think I I still carry like a little piece of them with me mm. but I also now have more of an idea of where I am as a teacher and what I have to offer Mm. and that takes time though that Mm -hmm. just means showing up consistently I think as a teacher um and whether it's one-on-one whether it's one person that shows up whether it's 10 people you're still adding that value or you're kind of adding to your own toolbox every time um, to build on that that voice and identity and direction as a teacher. Yeah, and the more you teach, the more you refine that and figure out what it is, the way you really like doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it'll change one another day. You'll, you'll have enough. You'll have enough of one thing and then be like, oh, I, I kind of want to change everything up. Um mm. and or you learn something new- <laughs> that challenges everything else you were teaching yeah. before. And you're like, all right, let me <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, but- let's let's build this up again yeah um Um, I think that's a I feel complete I feel like that's a really nice way to end this do you feel good love I feel good I feel good um no I think I'm I'm really happy with kind of what we shared and the journeys that we've both been on um as yoga teachers and I'm excited to see where it all evolves (laughs) amazing um so thank you everyone for listening if you want to like this share it with someone who you think might enjoy it fellow yogi or yoga teacher um and a little review never goes um astray and 
you can connect with me at my website, tanyav.com and agatha at agathacarmen.com. Yeah. Yep. I'm and, also um, on Instagram, um, Instagram. and uh, agatha.carmen. Um, yeah. And anything Any you... Um, so I've got the term, which I've mentioned briefly, is now the last four weeks are just going to be yin. Um, and, you know, divine timing also feels really nice to be kind of doing four weeks of yin as we go from winter to spring. Mm. Um, so it's going to be actually really nice. I'm kind of playing with the idea of calling that transition. Um, so that's just a little sneak peek into my brain. Um, and that's all for now. Beautiful. Yeah. I've got a um, second iteration, a spring iteration of my yin and acupuncture workshop. So that's going to be on Saturday, the 16th of September at about six o'clock in the evening in Newtown. So that should be on my website by the time this goes out. Um, it'll be, it's called Regenerate, Recalibrate. So about, yeah, giving the liver some love as we emerge from winter into spring yeah mm. same vibes <laughs> you know it on the same yeah. level yeah um awesome thanks for the chat and uh we'll see you in a couple weeks bye bye <laughs>